ladies and gentlemen. This is Scotty Davis for episode two of End of the Bench podcast brought to you by Cheap, Cheap Seats, LLC, and the Anchor app. So today we have Jalen Glenn here with us. Jalen is a friend of the company, helps us out a little bit. Uh, so Jalen, give, give a little introduction for yourself. Let people know who you are. Uh, what's up, guys? It's Jalen. Uh, I've been around the sports world as long as I can remember. Uh, started out as a kid playing a little bit of baseball, uh, picked up basketball later on. Uh, wasn't really allowed to play football because, uh, you know, single mother, very protective of her baby. Retweet. And, uh, you know, wasn't allowed to have that nice contact sport in my life. Uh, going into high school, I played four years of tennis, four years of uh, basketball, one year of football, finally convinced my mom to let me play, and uh, that went over just as she figured, you know, before the first game of the season, broke my collarbone, and uh, that that was a fun conversation to have. But, uh, yeah, man, love sports. Uh, it's literally a daily thing. Uh, I have to be doing something active every day, basically. Uh, play a lot of softball now, uh, a lot of basketball, flag football, because, you know, less contact. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, man, I, I love sports all around. And uh probably say favorite sport uh, has got to be basketball. Uh, favorite NBA team is going to be the Celtics. Uh, I love love my Celtics with a <laughs> diehard passion. Just about anything Boston except for the Patriots. Love my socks. Can't stand the Patriots. I'm a Steelers guy. Patriots but, uh, are doo-doo anyway, no? Yeah, we don't like the Patriots around here. Uh you know, Brady went to Tampa Bay, so uh, AFC's wide open, in my opinion. We uh, we just need a better team. We, we need Big Ben to come back. We need Juju to come back, and uh, a little bit of help. Le'Veon, AB, you know, to bring the band back together. Uh, we need we need everybody. <laughs> let's let's bring back uh, Plaxico and Santonio while we're at it. Uh, maybe maybe if the bus is ready, put him in at fullback. You just need him in a Marshawn Lynch role. Bring him to the playoffs. Give him to him on the two yard line. I still say he runs over the majority of people in front of him. Good Lord, that man's a unit. He's an absolute tank. So uh, so how did you get into, with you being, you know, from Louisiana, from Texas a little bit, how did you get into Boston sports? So um, a lot of my teams I picked up around 2003. Uh, that was when I fell in love with Manny Ramirez and mm-hmm. Big Poppy, and uh, I just loved that team. And then seeing them get their hearts broken by the Yankees, I don't know what it was, but I fell in love with that team. Immediately hated the Yankees because that's what you're supposed to do. Absolutely. And, you know, the next year they won. So technically I wasn't a bandwagon fan, but, you know, I hopped on at the right time. Uh, loved them every day since uh, throughout the Big Poppy era. Uh, the Celtics were a weird one for me. Uh, I was actually an Orlando Magic fan uh, for a good bit growing up because I loved Dwight, Dwight Howard. Howard. That was my man. That was that was my idol, you know, putting defense first and rebounding, just pure athleticism. Helps that you're uh, seven foot tall and super athletic. Good Lord. And there's a reason they call him Superman. Dude's chiseled. And uh, so we ended up, uh, I want to say the 2010 – Playoffs, 2010 or 2011 playoffs. I remember, uh, I remember them losing out to the Celtics, and I don't know what it was. I wasn't a big Paul Pierce guy. Uh, I did love Rondo. I did love KG, 
and I fell in love with that team. And around that same time, I started doing a little bit more uh, deep dive into the history of basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, learned about a guy named Bill Russell, and now that's my all-time favorite player. The true goat. I don't care what anybody says. The Eleven goat. rings. That's the true goat. That man won two national titles in college and got to the NBA and won 11 titles in 13 years. So, you and know. some of those as a player and a coach, not just a player. That yeah. man was the man wore multiple hats and still won rings. <laughs> yeah, they said he played in the you know the janitor era, but he's playing against Wilt Chamberlain, who you know we talk about Dwight Howard being a seven foot tall freak. Wilt Chamberlain was seven feet tall and just an absolute freak of an athlete, and could run the floor and pass. And he had to guard him seven game series all all year. So, you know, uh, I, I really fell in love with Bill Russell there, and then. From there on out, it was just diehard Celtics, man. Like, just everything about the Celtics mystique. Uh, also, am a Larry Bird fan. I do love some Larry Bird. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm not the biggest Larry Bird fan, but, you know, I respect that man, what he did for the city. And uh, that 1980s team, man, that's that's got to go down as the greatest team ever. So, speaking of Larry Bird, tell a little bit of a, uh, little bit of a funny story. So, we were at my grandparents' camp, went up there, you know, spent the weekend, my grandparents are big Celtics fans. I say big Celtics fans. My grandparents are big Larry Bird fans. So uh, they were actually at the game where Larry Bird was playing against Houston and missed his free throw after you know hitting 7,000 in a row or whatever it was. Uh, and so they were at that game. You know, heartbreaker because, of course, I just hate, hate to tell my favorite teams, but that's just a Davis curse. If we're at a game, something wrong is going to happen more than likely. I hate to see that. It's just it's bad luck all the time. <laughs> but, uh, but so you were actually talking to them about the Celtics and about Larry Bird and uh, just give us a little bit of a uh, rundown of how that went. So uh, talking, talking to the, uh, to the Davis family, great people love them. <laughs> and uh, this is one of my first times getting to like, really like talk to them other than just, you know, like your high buy type meeting. And uh, you know, Scotty always told me, you know, you probably get along great with my, uh, with my granddad. You know, he's a big Celtics guy. Uh, loved them all all his life, so I figured, you know, y'all could be best friends. So I sit there, and we're starting to kind of talk, and, you know, conversation starts to kind of die down, so I decide, you know what, I'm going to bring up the Celtics. That's going to give us something to talk about. So, you know, I look over at his granddad, and I'm like, hey, uh, Scotty told me you like the Celtics. You a Celtics guy? And he just, you know, all into his show, and then all of a sudden he just turns and looks at me, and he's just like, man, you like the Celtics too? I was like, yes, sir, I love my Celtics, and and uh, next thing I know, we're talking about the good old days of the 1980 Celtics with Bill Walton and Kevin McHale and Robert Parrish. And, you know, I- I'm sure, you know, most most older folks will always think, you know, the younger generation doesn't know about anything before Michael Jordan. And uh, and he was like, so, you know, you know about Kevin McHale? And I was like, oh, yeah, I know about Kevin McHale. And he's like, you know about Robert Parrish? I was like, oh, I, I love me some Robert Parrish. He's like, man, and Larry Bird, I'm sure you know who Larry Bird is. Like, oh, yes, sir, I know who Larry Bird is. And... Uh, then he said, I think I told him something along the lines of, yeah, I think my favorite player is Bill Russell, though. And he was kind of like, Bill Russell, what about Larry Bird? Larry Bird's the greatest Celtic. <laughs> and, and I was like, oh, man, this, this is going to be a good argument. This could go on all night. And I was like, I was like, man, I love me some Larry Bird, man, but I, I don't know. Something about Bill Russell, that's, that's just my boy. You know, hard to argue with those 11 rings. And, you know, he looks at me and goes, man, Larry Bird, Kevin McHale, that's the greatest team right there. That, Larry Bird's the greatest Celtic of all time. And, you know. We went back to watching the show, but man, I knew I knew right then and there that was a real Celtics fan. That man knew his stuff, and it's always fun to meet somebody that actually knows their stuff about your favorite team, as opposed to someone who jumped on the ship, you know, two years, one year before a bandwagon. But it's a good guy. I love him to death. 
Yeah. So that was a, that was funny. All I hear. So I was not in the room for this conversation. I, I had walked out to do something. I came back in and all I hear is we do not disrespect Larry Bird in this household. And I was like, <laughs> oh man, what in the world happened here? So I kind of like peeked my head in and said, everything okay? Yeah. He just said Larry wasn't his favorite. I said, so what was the disrespect? Larry's not his favorite. I said, all right, cool. Good to know. Good to know. So speaking of the Celtics, um, we, we are both Celtics fan. You more so than I am. I am, uh, I was a um, kind of a Spurs fan growing up. My dad watched the Spurs all the time, so I watched that, you know, the big three of Tony and Ginobili and uh, and Duncan, and then you had those Robert Ory years where Robert Ory hit those big shots, that one playoff stretch he had where he just hit big shot after big shot. Big shot, Bob. So we just – so I, I would sit there and watch them, and then Kevin Durant came through, and I had seen Kevin Durant in college, and he was just this freak athlete. I mean, dude, I don't care what he says, he's seven foot. And you want to talk about a seven foot freak athlete? Dude dribbles like a point guard, shoots like a shooting guard. He's got everything you need. And so I started watching the Supersonics because of him. So I started watching the Supersonics. They came over to Oklahoma City, fell in love with that team, loved that team, got heartbroken over that team multiple times. Uh, he left. Hate KD now because of the way that everything went down. I'm but loved me some Westbrook, and then the team just kind of like you know it. it I, I hate to say it, I I, I gave up on the team. I gave up on the team. I've always liked the Celtics too, though, because of my grandparents. Like I've grown up watching them as well. Love the big three. Kevin Garnett's one of my favorite players. Ray Allen and Steph Curry and Clay are the three best shooters of all time. You can argue whatever order you want to on that. Uh, Paul Pierce. I, I kind of go back and forth on Paul Pierce. I liked him when he was playing. I think he's the worst commentator in college and uh, NBA basketball right now. Totally but it's because he can't. Le- it's because he can't let go of the past. But uh, you know, he still thinks he should be out there playing. So, but I, I love me some Kemba. I've been following Kemba for years. I was going to say, is it, did you switch over because of Kemba? I've, I've been following Kemba for years. The, the year they won, uh, the year that he won that national title with UConn, I remember they, they won the Hawaii, the Maui Invitational. And I remember going to school the next day. I was like, hey, this team is winning the national title. People are like, oh, that's so stupid. Not they, a chance. Not, no chance, no shot. And they're like, you know, the, the year didn't go well. And then cardiac Kemba hit. March came through and that man ran in the Big East tournament. Yeah, something like that. And they just ran the something table crazy. on that. And I was like, ha, there they got in. That's all they needed. They needed a shot at the at the dance. And Kemba had, in my opinion, the best March Madness main player. Yep. That's if you even if you want to start, even if you just want to start at the tournament, don't even go to the Big East. If you want to whatever, fine. If you don't want to come to the conference tournament, just the the NCAA tournament. He was a one man wrecking crew. Yeah. So and I mean, you're talking about people like. Jimmer, Steph Curry, uh, Christian Leitner, even Zion, you know, have these amazing runs. And you think, you know, if someone were to say Kimba was the best collegiate player, you know, for a stretch, you kind of think to yourself, like, mm, uh, he was good, but he wasn't better than Leitner or, you know, Jimmer had that nice run. But then you think about it and you're like, this man literally single-handedly brought an average, not a bad, an average UConn team all the way to the national championship. They were bad for a stretch that season. They won that Maui Invitational and lost like five or six straight. Like, they were bad for a while. And he drug 11 other players through that tournament. Uh, That was a young Jeremy Lamb was with him. Yep. Uh, Young Shabazz uh, was with him. Uh, They also had that uh, one of the biggest busts of all time, uh, the beat. Oof. Yep. Speaking of Thunder, you know, watch him in watch him in UConn, watch him in Oklahoma City, not do anything. So, but I have like like I said uh, earlier, I've always liked the Celtics, but whenever, uh, whenever they well, Oklahoma City just kind of decided to let Paul Pierce, I mean uh, Paul George go, 
let Russ try to go out and win somewhere else. And like they brought in like young talent. They have four thousand picks over the next two years. Like they they went the Miami route, but they were still competitive this year. I didn't see it coming. That's fine, whatever. But when Kimmy went to Boston, I was like, okay, boom, done. I'm I am totally bought in on the Celtics now. Favorite player on your favorite team. Yeah, absolutely. Can't That's, miss out. Yeah. So. Uh, and and I've always been a big Russ supporter. I, I've been in the minority of that. I've yep. we have had hours of debate over Russ. <laughs> Many heated exchanges. So, but I have always and and Jalen can attest to this. I've always said I love me some Russ, but Kimba, that's my guy. That's that's the that's if I could put one person on this team, you can take Russ off and put Kimba on this team and and run with it. But uh, yeah, man, moving moving Kimba over there. You have Kimba, Jalen Brown, Tatum. Uh, and you know, I, I love me some Ennis Canner. I, I am, you know, yeah. again the minority of that, but I love me some Ennis Canner. Yep, you put me on the Ennis Canner train. I was not an Ennis Canner fan in OKC mm-hmm. or with the Jazz. I did not see it. And then once he came to the Celtics, and our biggest need was offensive rebounding. And that's what that man does. You know, <laughs> the the least likely looking person to you know right. get an offensive rebound is the guy. You know, if you're telling. People like Robert Williams, these giant, massive, athletic freaks. You know, uh, we're going to start this, you know, kind of pudgy uh, Turkish guy over you. Oh, well, he gets more rebounds. Like, really? That guy gets rebounds? And you look at the box score, and this man's going 10-10, and 10, and you're like, wow. Yeah, I mean, look at what he did to Steven Adams last year in the playoffs when he was in Portland. <laughs> Steven Adams is one of the best rebounders in the league, and he dominated Steven Adams in that series. Stash brother crime. Right yeah, there. that was upsetting. I love me some stash bros. But so back to the, you know, before I get too nostalgic here. So uh, so the Celtics, man, it's just, it seems like they just can't stay healthy to save their lives. Nope. Everything is always, you know, Kimba, this is probably the, the worst Kimba's been hurt, like the most consistently Kimba's been hurt. You and I love, love some Gordon. You know, we've kind of, we've kind of like flip-flopped on our way. Like I, I liked Gordon. I really enjoyed watching him at Butler, but like it was one of those guys that, like I just kind of kept up with and you were all in on Gordon. Yeah. And now I'm more so all in on Gordon, and you're like, yeah, he's cool to have, but he's kind of like a byproduct of everything else. Yep. Ever ever since the night that man broke his ankle, that was never yeah. forget that night. We were sitting at Petro Bowl, and yep. you had just come from uh from walk-ons, yep. and you looked up at that screen, and I swear to y'all, I that's the closest I've ever seen Jalen to crying. He had on his Gordon Hayward jersey. He was ready to rock and roll for the season. First time I ever put on that jersey, it was that nice white Celtics jersey, mm-hmm. Gordon Hayward. I bought it literally the day after he got signed by the Celtics. That was my first time wearing it. I was like, man, I get to watch the Celtics and the Cavs on opening night. You know, Gordon against LeBron, you know, we should win this game. We got this. This is our year. And then not even five minutes into the game, you know, we pull up to Petro Bowl and Sometime during that little five-minute ride from walk-ons, uh, it happened, and you know people are showing me their phones. They're like, "Man, dude, do you see this? Gordon Hayward broke his ankle." I'm like, "Okay, you're funny. Like, good one. It's, it's, <laughs> Stop it. it. It's, it's opening night. The game just started. There's no right. way he broke his ankle." And then uh, we go and we sit down at our table, and I look up and I see the TV screen, and and uh, I don't see Gordon Hayward out there on the floor. I don't see him on the bench. And then they give a little update, and they're like, so Gordon Hayward is being rushed to the hospital. They do think he has a dislocated ankle. And I was like, wait, what? So then I go to Twitter, and then, you know, Twitter loves videos like that. And Mm -hmm. went and saw the video, and I swear to you, I was just, I was devastated. Because for a long time, Gordon Hayward was my favorite player on the Celtics. And, man, seeing him go down on opening night with all the promise that season had with him and Kyrie and the young core – 
golly, man, I just it 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 was devastating. I really was like Scotty's not lying. I really was about to cry in a public place in the middle of a bowling alley. I was about to cry over a basketball player hurting himself. Five minutes into the season, God, I just right then and there I said, "Oh, that's the season. That's that's it." Yep. And but, that's been kind of the the mo for the Celtics last couple of years. You know, you had the Kyrie the first season when Kyrie Gordon Hayward gets hurt. Second season when Kyrie Kyrie doesn't get along with anybody, and then you bring in Kimba, and it's like, okay, we got the the guy that didn't get along with anybody, but may have been a little bit more talented. You bring in a guy who is a distributor first, because that's what Kimba is. Kimba can take over a game, but he looks to get other people involved. One hundred percent, and that's perfect with Tatum, who has become you know kind of that leader of the team offensively, that go to hey, get him the ball, he's going to make the shot when we need it. Jalen Brown can run the floor. You have bigs that can run the floor, super athletic. Gordon, you know, much more athletic now after he's had a year and a half of recovery time. So, so promise I'll look in this season. And then Kimma gets hurt. And then Gordon's knee starts hurting. And then Jalen Brown had back tightness. And then Marcus Smart would miss like two game <laughs> stretches every other week with just little yeah. things like a little like, you know, bruise on the leg or and I understand you know, a messed up toe. You know, what Danny Ainge was trying to do of keep the like keep the playoffs. Keep us in a good seating. Keep let's get healthy for the playoffs. Let's not have any nicks or let's not have any nicks or bruises for the playoffs. Let's be hundred percent healthy. But man, it just they can't do it. They cannot be just a hundred percent healthy. So, you know, as a selfish basketball fan, I'm actually kinda glad that this, you know, occurred when it did right before the playoffs because we are not healthy running into the playoffs right now. But with, you know, us not – with nobody playing, this is perfect time to recover. We should be able to get – you know, I, I say that, but as soon as the first practice, Kim was going to stub his toe on the bleachers oh, or God, something. Don't put that out there. Yeah, like it's something <laughs> goofy is going to happen like that. Um, so speaking of playoffs and everything, what do you think the NBA should do right now? So but I'll give you three options. You pick up the season where, it, where you left off and finish off the season. You start the playoffs right now with how the seedings go, or you just cancel the season, say there's no champion for this year, start next year on time, uh, as long as the pandemic allows. Yeah, so um, let's let's say in a perfect world, um, we're out of this pandemic in the next month, mm-hmm. and the NBA is able to start, whether they want to or not, they're able to start in mid-May, late May, uh, somewhere around there. Uh, I think from a PR standpoint, I don't think uh, they could cancel a season. Uh, they've lost so much money already. Mm-hmm. I don't think they could lose any more money off of this off the season, and then the backlash they'd get from fans and you know players saying, you know, I worked my butt off to recover from this injury all off season. You know, I put in all that extra time, and then you're not even going to reward me with finishing the season. Um, I think. Honestly, I think they should just go into the playoffs with what they have um, as far as the standings are sitting right now. Um, there were a couple teams making pushes uh, late season, but honestly, I just uh, I don't think they can push the season back. If they, if they push the season back and continue on, we're looking at, you know, probably a, an August or uh, maybe early September finish for basketball. And, you know, unless you you're someone start who – in late you know, October – you have a month and a half of rest, and then you start the full season over again. Yeah, and uh, then you're looking at guys who are, you know, like LeBron, who, you know, would go to an Olympics and the finals in the same year, and then he just gets no off season. You see, you know, over time that started to wear him down a little bit, but you can't do that to everybody in the NBA. You can't have everybody in the NBA just uh, add a whole extra month to their schedule and, 
you know, they're going to have one less month to train and recuperate after the season. But uh, you just you, you hate to see a season like for like Vince Carter. This is how his career ends. Yeah, it's something like this. And also, speaking of the teams that are making the push, you know, the one team that everybody's really paying attention to is the Pelicans. Of course, they were making that push. They were closing in on Memphis. It was kind of fun to watch because Memphis has started playing a little bit better. So it was a do they keep the eight seed? Does New Orleans push for it? And they also had who was it? Was it Portland right around there? Uh, like in between them because I think the Pelicans are actually like a ten seed. Yeah, they had uh, Memphis at the eight seed, and then Portland followed by New Orleans. Mm-hmm. So, in my opinion, Zion, if if the season were to continue and the Pelicans were to make the playoffs, Zion's your rookie of the year, hands down. No you, you took that team from the bottom and you pushed them into the playoff seed in what half the year? Yeah. After missing almost half the season, I mean. And, you know, like J.J. Reddick said at the beginning of the season, like, I, I didn't realize until he had mentioned that he hasn't missed the playoffs at all in his career. That would, This would just be an awful way for him to miss it. Uh, and, and, you know, you would love to see, because you would most likely get that LeBron Zion. That just writes itself That's in the playoffs. box office. That's absolute box absolutely, office. That would be, you know, everybody is looking forward to the projected uh, Lakers-Clippers uh, yeah. Western Conference Finals, but... Outside of that, the matchup you want to see is LeBron Zion in the playoffs. Yeah. And the elder statesman versus the rookie. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think it would be a 4-1 series. I think the Belgians would still want it home. But the story behind it would be great, and the games would be very well played. Yeah. In between, you know, the the king going against basically the prince at this point. Right. And then, you know, you got the former Lakers players with mm-hmm. Ingram and uh, Josh Hart on the team. Lonzo. Uh, and Lonzo, of course. And uh, I mean, you got <laughs> that's that's a guaranteed rating spike, and, and then AD going against the Pelicans in his first season oh, yeah. after leaving them. Like you, you really can't write a better script. Uh, I mean, outside of that, you're looking at the rest of the playoffs, and you're just thinking to yourself, like, you know, Luca and Porzingis, they're great. Are they really going to beat the Lakers or Clippers? You know, the same with the Rockets. Um, honestly, your old team, the Thunder, has been the biggest surprise by Absolutely. far. What are they, the four or five seed? They're the five seed five right seed. now. With Chris Paul and who? Shea Gilgis-Alexander and Danilo Gallinari. Like, man. if, if And you're, Steven Adams, of course, you know, the GOAT. On paper, you know, once CP3 went to Oklahoma City, everybody was, you know, praying that man would get traded somewhere. Like, nah, you can't right. let this man rot away in Oklahoma City. They don't have any talent there. People were saying that he just needed not to play. He needed to sit out until they found a trade option for yeah, him. Yeah, it's just – and then you're looking at this team, you're like, that's the fifth seed? And then you look at Portland, who, good gosh, I mean, Damian Lillard is – He's been playing out of his mind for the past two years, mm-hmm. and that team's sitting at a nine seed right now. And it's the same team they've been running with for years that's, you know, been a four or five seed. And you would think with, with adding Hassan Whiteside, that would have been a – that, that would have been a – That was the perfect fit, you The thought. thing that was supposed to push them forward until that like, top three seed. Yeah, and then here they are sitting at nine seed. Probably, honestly, I think – if the season were to continue right where we left off, I really do think New Orleans makes a late push. Um, they did have a little skid there right before mm-hmm. everything shut down, but I I don't see that team uh, missing the playoffs. You know, they were three and a half games back of Memphis, but Memphis, uh, you know, I love Ja. He's insane. Uh, I don't see that team withstanding what they were doing. At one point in the season, Portland, you know, might make a push, but dude, New Orleans, that was that it's meant to be like New Orleans was going not a Pelicans fan. But, you know, I see lots of Pelicans fans on my timeline saying, you know, 
oh, it's not our season this year, but, like, we're going to get him next year. Look at us. We're already in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. But, you know, they go to the playoffs. They push LeBron in a little series. That's going to be those highlights you look at back at one day with, you know, the Kobe and Michael Jordan mm -hmm. playing against each other. That's, that's going to be the highlight you see over and over is the first battle between the king and the prince. And, you know. You just kind of wish, like, you kind of wish LeBron was, like, 32 instead of 36. Gosh. Like, you kind of wish we had a couple more years of – or Zion was, you know, a couple years older. You kind of wish we had gotten a couple more years of this instead of oh, yeah. the, the the leaving and the coming coming in. And it's kind of like what we had with Kobe and uh, Michael, where it was a little bit of a – they had a little bit of overlap, not too much of an overlap. But Kobe and LeBron had had a bigger overlap. You just yeah. never got to see them in the playoffs, unfortunately. Which was, you know, that's one the of those big, big – That was what everybody the wanted. What ifs. What if we would have seen a LeBron and a Kobe finals? Good gosh. That would have been fun to watch. To say the least, that would have been absolutely fun to watch. Which is crazy to think about because, you know, the best time for them to have met would have been in probably like the 08 playoffs where uh, the Cavs got swept by mm -hmm. the Spurs. But still, you know, the the Cavs, as bad as they were, even with LeBron leading the charge, you just want to see it. Like, it's yeah, just absolutely. one of those things you just dream about, seeing LeBron and Kobe go against each other. For sure. So we talked about the West. Let's go kind of like towards the East. So, you know, the I think the biggest prize in the East has got to be Toronto, right? Honestly, Everybody thought they were just going to fall off, and they're, yep. what, top four seed right now? Yep, they're two seed. Two seed. There you go. Top two. Two seed. Top three is Milwaukee, Toronto, and Boston. Goodness Milwaukee, gracious. not a surprise. Not in the Boston, not really a surprise to be the three seed. I honestly figured it would be more like a four after things played out last year. Mm -hmm. um, Miami at a four seed. That's also a big surprise. Man, I tell you what, I love me some Tyler Hero, but I didn't see him and Duncan Robinson being just – Absolute lights out shooters yeah. all year. Bam and took a big step forward this past season, Bam's or like all, through this season. Bam's an all star, and that Jimmy Butler crazy. seems to have found like people he plays well with. Yep. He seems to find guys who are like minded. He's not, you know, he's not beating the beating the starters with with the uh, equipment managers <laughs> and and you know calling them all out in the, in the media left and right. That seems like man, and we had talked about it before the season. Like you know, that's like that's a sneaky scary team if they can get like a seven or an eight seed, like. We had talked about them versus Toronto. Toronto was like a two seed, and they were a seven seed beating Toronto. But, I mean, man, at this point, honestly, the East is a lot more. I get I get the Bucks are just on another level. The Bucks and Lakers and Clippers are on a level with themselves. Yeah. And then it's everybody else. Yeah. But, I mean, honestly, you give them a seven-game series, Miami's scary. Honestly, Miami yeah. can beat That's anybody. That's grit and grind. Really. Yeah. That and is, we've seen Jimmy Butler is not afraid to take the last shot and yep. hit the last shot. And yep. with the shooters they have around, you got to space the floor. Jimmy Butler gets a wide open lane, or maybe he gets a little step back mid range that he loves. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a game winner all day. But uh, going into other surprises, honestly, Philadelphia, that was a lot of people's picks to win. Trash. They were a lot of people's picks. You know, I hated losing Al Horford. That's that's an absolute favorite of mine, you know, going back to the Florida days. Mm -hmm. But. Seeing him leave, I was like, dang, that was a big loss. You know, we just gave him to our biggest competitor. And here we are, you know, close to the playoff push, and you got Philadelphia sitting at the sixth seed. They're in the same category as Brooklyn right now. The the Kyrie-led, or when he's actually on the floor, the Kyrie-led Brooklyn Nets and the Orlando Magic are in the same boat as the Sixers who were picked to win it all this year. Mm -hmm. So that would be interesting, though, because I think – Boston and Philadelphia probably push each other harder than any other duo or any other yep. teams that play. And right now they'd be set up to play each other in the first round. Yeah. So that would be, you know, 
that's one of those that I think Boston does have the better overall team. They have the younger team, more athletic team. You know, you're, Ben Simmons is going to have to learn how to shoot to win in the playoffs, and that's just all there is Facts. to it. If he, he can't keep being a seven-foot point guard that can't shoot. Yep. So I, th- I think Boston wins that, but that'd be a, I, I can see that going six or seven games and kind of wearing down Boston a little bit for later on. So if we look at the matchups now, we have – who is it, Magic, Orlando in the eight seed – yeah, so we, we got have Milwaukee and the Magic. That's, sweep, glad to guess. <laughs> it's a walkthrough. Now, Orlando did steal a game from Toronto last year. They did. So, But uh, does Lightning strike 4-0. the same place twice? <laughs> Probably not. So we'll, we'll call that a 4-0. Nice little quick sweep. Get out the brooms. Uh, Toronto and the Nets. Kyrie's out for the year, so I, you know the Nets win. Spencer Dinwiddie pops off for a game, I guess, and <laughs> they steal a game from Toronto. But, man, Toronto's just such a good team. Like, they don't have that superstar anymore. They're just such a good team. Siakam took that big step forward. Yeah, absolutely. I just I wouldn't put them on the same level as, you know, Kawhi or DeMar in his prime. Well, DeMar in his prime, yeah. That would be about the same talent level. Yeah. But not like Kawhi like they had last year, just dragging the team by himself for a lot of, the, for a lot of that. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest changes they made was um, with not really having um, a lot of great point guard play, mm-hmm. they switched uh, Siakam to more of a point forward role. Mm-hmm. And you're looking at an NBA where a lot of seven-footers bring the ball up the court, but they're more, you know, a point guard. They're, right. they're designated as a point guard. You don't have a seven-foot-tall guy who's played center his entire career bringing the ball up the court just naturally. It's, it, just, it just looks weird, but the, True. but Siakam, he's just he – just, is there a way to get a most, most improved player award? <laughs> like, can you improve so, the most, impl- most improved player award? Siakam kind of reminds me of when uh, – when – the the Lakers were running with like Jordan Farmar at point guard, and you had Lamar Odom's seven foot self bringing up the ball, and you're like, why is Lamar Odom go get on the block somewhere, kid, or go get on the wing, and but Lamar Odom's running point forward, and like, or you know, give it to Kobe. I get you want Kobe to go set up somewhere, but you have you know, Lamar bringing to the court, and you kind of have like, don't get me wrong, Kyle Lowry and Jordan Farmar are not on the same level in the no, slide. Not at all. Not at all. But Kyle Lowry's a good point, of, uh, like a spot up shooter. Yeah. Go, go let him get go go run him off screens. Go let him get set up Fred Van Fleet's kind of the same way I love me some Fred Van Fleet let him go run off screen somewhere yeah. I'd <laughs> love to see him spot up more than I would him bring the ball to court and that's absolutely True. no shade on him as a point guard True, but he is just such a knockdown shooter and in big moments he's not scared of the moment he's a young guy who's not scared of the moment Facts. so we'll call that what a 4-1 4-1 uh, yeah, win yeah. we'll give, give it a 4-1 Brooklyn I, a win. I see I see Siakam and uh, Jared Allen battling on the offensive Man, end Jared Allen is scary Jared Allen on the offensive end is you know more of your DeAndre Jordan type right. guy but defensively him against Siakam I think Which, is a great matchup funny because you know DeAndre Jordan is on that team <laughs> so you have young and old DeAndre Jordan on the on the uh, court yeah, and then uh, the 3-6, we got, honestly, one of the only real rivalries, I guess you could say, left in the NBA. You know, everybody's kind of buddy-buddy. Yeah, that's kind of true. But uh, Boston Phillies, over the past few years, that's one of the only rivalries we have where players just don't like each other. Right. And with Horford being over there, it's just it's a lot of bad blood at this point. Because remember, Horford skipped that first game in Boston. He was – he had a contusion or something. Yeah. Uh, he had a bruise. Yeah, he yeah. had a we, bad we, bruise we, we, that he didn't want to play. We won't talk about it. But uh, I, I mean, me personally, you no. Know, I, I I'm always gonna rep my teams. But you know, four two Celtics six game series. Yeah, I, I could see it. I, I could see um, the way Embiid is. I could see him having one bad game, but I could also see him having three or four big games where he just overpowers and just takes over. 
but it really depends on the mood with Embiid. If you get funny, goofy Embiid, then he honestly goes out there and he shines. But if you get, you know, tight, you know, constricted. You can get in his head even yeah. a little bit. And, you know, we don't have Marcus Morris anymore, but if you have Marcus Morris in your face, you know, giving you the 3-0 chance, <laughs> right. then, you know, that'll get in your head a little bit. I mean, just let Marcus Smart go do it. It's not like he's scared of the moment. Oh, gosh. <laughs> he, would, he would absolutely climb on a little stepladder to get in yep. Embiid's face. But yep. Marcus Smart's not afraid to guard, you know, arguably the greatest center in the league right now. And he's, that's why we love him. Yep, absolutely. So, and that's what I think, like, I, and I've said this the last couple of years, but I, I will stick absolutely to it. He is the he's going to be the difference maker in a playoff run and a championship run. One hundred percent. If the Celtics are to make a championship run, Marcus Smart's going to have to get hot from the three point line. He's going to have to get hot from deep, which he can. He has shown major improvement over the last couple of years, but he's going to have to get hot from the three point line and just not get tired for for a month. I mean, honestly, that's what it is. He's going to have to run ninety feet. He's going to have to defend the entire length of the court. And getting get people's heads. I mean, honestly, if you can give me seven minutes of 110% Marcus Smart, that changes the game. Oh, 100%. You know, I, I, I don't want to toot my own horn here, but, uh, you know. <laughs> toot toot. <laughs> that, that's, that's one of my, uh, I guess you'd say, inspirations as, as a basketball player myself mm-hmm. is, you know, uh, I'm not the greatest shooter, not the best dribbler or passer, but what I can do is go out there, give tough, hard minutes, you know, go rebound a little bit, play defense, and then just hustle. You know, the first person to dive on the floor, first person to trash talk, get in an opponent's head, do whatever you can to win. And, uh, you know, that's one of those guys that's unsung. You look at the box score and you see, you know, Marcus Smart had 12 points, four rebounds, two steals, and a block. And you're like, oh, you know, that's, that's a decent game, you know. It's, it's nothing, you know. You know, to scoff at, but it's five fouls. But yeah, it's not a great game. But then you actually watch the game. You watch the game. It gives you a completely different feeling than the box score does. He is. He is the. He is what Tony Allen was to that to that Celtics team that won the title. To this team now, like he reminds me of Tony Allen so much. They're so similar. They're gonna they're gonna lock down your best player, but they're not gonna shoot the lights out. They can every once in a while. Yeah. But Tony Allen was that just like irritant. Yeah. Same same way Marcus Smart is. Marcus Smart, best flopper in the league. That 100%. comes that, that comes in handy. You know, I, I have no I have no problem admitting that. You know, I love him, but you know, anytime I see something on Twitter about get this guy out of the league, you know, all he does is flop, you know, and the Oscar goes to, all these memes about him. And, you know, I can't lie. They're I'm true. not I'm not gonna sit there and say, Oh no, he, there was a little push there. There was a little push. Right. Nope, it it was perfect. It was perfect acting on his part. And uh, you know, I've always said that about him and LeBron, you know, it's it's not it's not just flopping, it's getting the call. And that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Uh, very Manu, like very Manu. So, uh, what was that four or five matchup? Miami uh, and Miami and uh, I almost said uh, Philly. Uh, Indianapolis. You got it Oladipo depends, coming back. It depends on what Oladipo. Like, if you get a healthy Oladipo. Speaking of, you know, going back to that Thunder team, man, Oladipo's a bonus. They had those guys too. Just like all this talent is going out and doing some like well somewhere else. But hype dream, yeah, right. Get that team back together, but everybody play better. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, man. I mean, you know, I I can see that going probably six games. Like Miami kind of overlooks Indiana, yeah. Indianapolis a little bit, or Indiana a little bit. Um, I did see before all this started that uh. That they were looking at bringing the goat of Indiana back, 
Oh, Reggie Lan- Miller? Lance Stevenson. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> same bringing, guy, same guy. You know, the Marcus Smart of Indiana. <laughs> they were bringing him. They were looking at bringing him back for a playoff run. And he dominated China for a couple months. <laughs> right. So. Well, so did Jimmer for years. But. Oh, okay. We're not going to bring up the GOAT. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, man, especially if you bring Lance Stevenson back, that's a two-game swing if everybody's healthy and playing on the same on the same page. Yeah. Uh, I think Miami, you know, gets rid of them fairly easily in the four games they win. I can see four blowouts and two close games. Yeah. And honestly, with, with that Pacers team, mm-hmm. if I, – I, you know, I'm a big what-if guy, but – if Oladipo wouldn't have gotten hurt last year, mm. they they were a nice little run yeah, there. They were scary. I don't I don't know if they uh if they would have beaten Toronto, but they might have had a chance to beat Toronto. And then this year Oladipo came back, and you know we won't talk about how terribly he shot uh, that first game back. He, but he, was hurt. he hit, <laughs> but he hit the game winner. And, hey man, he was and on that's that, all that matters. That man was singing his heart out. That man was out there trying to. Trying to get on a get you know get on a date in the mass singer he was he had his he has focus elsewhere tears up his leg and then tears up the charts I mean you know mm-hmm. got to do what you got to do to make money yeah so uh, so we see uh, you know I, so who who's the who would be like the next group of teams to go through so we have uh, you'd have Milwaukee and uh, I, if we're saying Miami wins and we'd have Milwaukee and Miami mm. what do you think about that one. Mm. It's tough because nobody, and when I say nobody, I mean nobody mm-hmm. is guarding Giannis. No, <laughs> nobody in the East is guarding Giannis. In the East, true. Yeah, Kawhi we, shut we, him down a little bit last year, but nobody in the East is. Mm. Maybe Siakam is the best bet. Um, I don't see anybody can, guarding that man. If you can tag team Tatum and Brown to slow him down, not stop him, but slow him down a touch where he's dropping, you know, thirty-one instead of thirty-six. Slow them down a touch. Yeah, let's just uh, let's turn these players into transformers <laughs> and just put them together and see what kind of you know machine we can come up with that can stop that guy. His uh, his number is twenty three and he wears purple and gold. Oof, that's the, that's the transformer those people turn into. <laughs> Gosh, but yeah, I think I think um, what Miami has done has been kind of similar to what Milwaukee did because Milwaukee did what I think the. Sixers should have done a long time ago, which is if you have a guy who can be your point forward, you know, score 25-plus every night, give you some rebounds, and be your point guard, give him some spot-up shooters mm-hmm. if you know he can't shoot. Give him some spot-up shooters. So you would say keep Ben Simmons in that regard or keep Embiid? Because those are – like they're the yeah. same player more or less. Embiid's just a little bit more physical, and Ben Simmons is a little bit more, I guess, flashy. He's more point guard yeah, than point forward, even though he's a point forward. <laughs> Yeah, you just you, you see what Milwaukee's done. You gotta give them some shooters, but I, I'd say me personally, without getting off topic, I think personally I would keep uh, Ben Simmons. I think Embiid's the best center, but I think Ben Simmons with shooters around him could be a, a perennial All Star, averaging fourteen a night, fourteen assists a night <laughs> easily. I mean, you see what LeBron's doing at thirty six, right? But uh, that Miami team, they kind of built the same way, except for they have a little bit more defense uh, than the Bucks do. The Bucks are just so long. I say, whenever <laughs> when when your average is what six foot six, that's the average height of your starting lineup is six foot six. That's ridiculous. They're, they're the opposite of the Rockets right now. <laughs> their Facts. shortest player is the Rockets' tallest player. Facts. And I think I think that would be a seven game series. I think so. I'd, think I'd Miami give, pushes them seven. I'd give Miami seven games at that. But Milwaukee comes out on top. I think Milwaukee still For comes sure. out. They they got Giannis just leading the charge, but both teams are just 
<laughs> loaded with shooters everywhere. Without getting you know too cocky, I, I think uh, this next one should be what Toronto Boston. Yeah, I, I think Boston wins in five. I really do. The, the games they played this year haven't been super competitive. So I and yeah. you know the the Celtics have more quote like what you would call quote unquote like killer instinct guys. Yeah, they have like Tatum has just taken that step up this season. Jalen Brown's really comfortable in his role of what he's doing. Kimba, I mean, <laughs> Kimba's in a playoff. You know, <laughs> that Kimba is in a he's in a March Madness. He's in cardiac Kimba mode, in my opinion. He's just been waiting on the right team. Yep, the one time he actually gets to make the playoffs, you know, we'll see what he can do. But. Right, I, you know, I just I can see him flipping that switch, and honestly, like I, I, I think that he could be, like, Mar- like I said about Marcus Smart, he could be a, a difference maker. You can see a totally different Kimba in the playoffs oh, yeah. than we've seen in the regular season so far. Yeah. Um, and and I don't think Toronto's that bad now. That could easily be, you know, a six game series the other way. Toronto could win in six. But I, I think Boston is young, hungry, and tired of losing. 100%. I think that's just the the mentality that all those guys have. Brad Stevens is going to find a way to get wins. You think it also has to go back to the whole Kyrie issue, how everybody kind of pretended there wasn't an issue. But everybody knew season, there was an but issue. But they all knew there was an issue with Kyrie, and then this season has kind of been like a uh, – "Quote unquote revenge tour," while you know Kyrie's been taking every night off with little dinks and uh, he's just waiting on Kevin Durant to come back. That's all that is. Yeah, little minor bruises, and then now we're, he's out for the season. We so. we are not salty in the slightest. We're speaking facts. Nope, just nothing but facts. <laughs> but we we don't refer to number thirty five. Oh yeah, number seven now. Gross. Yeah. Right. Gross. Yeah, but uh, okay. So let's say Boston advances. That's a seven-game series, in my opinion. I don't know which way it goes, but that's a seven-game series. Now, as long as Paul Pierce doesn't go, it's over after two games, <laughs> we should be able to push it to seven. Or after one, was it one game? Was it after game one that he said the series was over? Because it was, it was like a 20-point win in game one? Yeah, it was after game one, and they asked Paul Pierce, like, so, man, how do, how do you think the rest of the series goes? Oh, no, it's already over. <laughs> what? This series is over. So, what? I, I, I think... Giannis is too hungry. I think Boston is pushed back one more year, honestly. I hate to say it, but I really do. I think they're pushed back one more year. Giannis and LeBron are on a level that nobody else is even close to. Not even Kawhi, who was on that level last year. Mm-hmm. A healthy Kevin Durant on that level. But right now, Giannis and LeBron are the two best players in the league, and it's not close. I don't care what James Harden says about himself. But, but, who's the best? Who's the best player right now? Who's the best player right now? I think it's Giannis. I really do. So he's the MVP? Yes. Okay. For me, I think it's Giannis. Giannis is MVP this year again. Now, I can definitely see the argument for LeBron. My argument is LeBron waited a couple like a couple of months to kick it under that gear. Like he does every year. I mean, he does that every year. But Giannis has been, from game one, dominant. Yeah. And not that LeBron wasn't dominant, but LeBron, you know, he he timed his he timed his season out really beautifully in the last two months. He now the last month or so he's been the best player. He's been a little bit better than Giannis. They had that game back in March where he just kind of shut down Giannis when it when it needed to yeah. in crunch time. And he has the experience of Gian, over Giannis in the finals <laughs> a little bit. But at the same time, he, like he's what three and six. It's not like he's nine and zero in the finals. It's not yeah. like he's known for winning finals every time he gets there. So I think it'd be a really fun matchup to watch. That being said, I don't think the Lakers make the finals. Oof. I think the Clippers make the finals. Oof. 
It's just me personally. I think they – I think it's going to be them and the Lakers, and I think they have the defense and the mentality to push the Lakers to, to seven and beat them, you know, last second shot. Again, we see Kawhi or Paul – maybe Paul George gets revenge from having Dame look at him from five feet away and go, all right, bet, splash. Maybe Paul George, you know, proves that he can show up in the the playoffs. That'll be the big thing. Do we get PG thirteen or do we get rated PG thirteen in the playoffs? You, you gotta you gotta figure out which guy's gonna show up. That's that's facts. To me, oh man, I I love that Clippers team. That is, you know, that's that's the best defensive team on paper. You know, granted they took some nights off at the beginning of the season. True. <laughs> they they just uh, they took the title of best defensive team and just kind of slacked, but. I don't know if if things went the way they are right now. They're playing Dallas round one. I mean, who guards Luca? You got, name a player. I mean, you let you let Pat Bev get in his head. You you slide, I mean, you just rotate. That's what we talked about. Like we talked about that at the beginning of the year. It's you, you rotate whoever you want to because those five guys can guard five all five positions. Yeah. You, you don't you don't want to see uh, Harrell on Luca, but I mean. There, there are worse guys to guard him. Facts. And then you have Boban. Yeah, right. Uh, who, who stops? Who stops Boban and Chris stops? If you decide to throw him in at the same time, who's going to get a rebound on that team? But that'll be. I think Dallas is one player away. Not not one year away, but one player away from moving into that upper echelon in the Western Conference. Yeah, and you know we saw it was a big question mark if uh, Porzingis was going to be Porzingis. Mm-hmm. And you saw just kind of how, like, Hayward took him half a season to kind of, you know, mm-hmm. realize, oh, hey, I'm an all-star. <laughs> right. Like, I know how to basketball. And, uh, you know, once him and Luca started clicking, you got that immediate feel that everybody thought initially of the whole Steve Nash, Dirk, part yeah. two. But, yeah, I mean, one player, uh, man, if they got one – would it be one defensive player, one spot up shooter, or would, one spot up shooter, one spot up shooter? Because their defense is average, but if you can just outscore other people, it's worked for other teams. What if they, uh, what if they reunited uh, Tobias with his best friend Boban? Man, that would be because you get a you get a two way player there. You get a really good defensive <laughs> wing plus a spot up shooter. Tobias, I think, puts them there at the what se- uh, seven seed right now. Mm-hmm. Tobias puts them in the top three, top four mm-hmm. in the West, in my opinion. I, I'm a I'm a Tobias Harris fan. I think that yeah. I think that guy is severely underrated and extremely good at basketball. Yeah. Speaking of three seeds and underrated, can we talk about the Nuggets, man? Like they just I don't care what they do, they just don't get any love. Jokic goes out and puts up a triple double at least that's, once a week. No love. <laughs> that's my pick for best center in the league right now. Like Embiid is the guy that everyone thinks about because of his personality. Jokic is quiet, but puts up stupid numbers. Stupid numbers. We, we got to see him in person. We uh, we went to that um, Halloween game, Pelicans, Nuggets. We got to see Jokic in person. He pulled off some stupid moves in person. Like, like Watching him on TV is one thing, but when you see him in person, he looks goofier in person. He looks so much more unathletic in person than yeah. he does on TV, which is nuts. Yeah. And then he pulls off moves that, like, yeah, you know, watching him on a television is one thing, but seeing his court vision in person, like, and especially if you know basketball and you know what he's seeing, yeah. how? How does he How does he have that vision? 
my thing is you've got Jokic, and, you know, it's it's a big name to be compared to. I get that. But to me, Jokic is the dad bod version of Magic Johnson. Ooh. Like, you're just – you're looking at this guy who sees the floor completely different than everybody else, like everybody mm-hmm. else. And he's making these flashy behind-the-back passes and, you know, behind the head and these little full-court underhanded passes. And you look at it and you're like, man – you know, if I was looking at a Magic Johnson highlight reel, it's the same thing. Magic's just, you know, a lot skinnier, that's, that <laughs> a lot is, more that athletic. Is a, that is a comparison to make. So let me make a comparison that's not not quite the same, but a, a lot of the similar um, disrespect the team got was that, was it the 04 Pistons team that won the title? Mm-hmm. Nobody talked about them all year. And then they showed up, and you see their highlights, and it's like they're beating teams 75 to 68. You're keeping an NBA team, even back then, when, like, offense was, you know, not nearly what it is now. But you keep a team to 68 points. Not that Denver's doing that, but, you know, you just you don't think about it. And then you see them shutting down these massive teams. I can see Denver being one of those teams that, you know, makes the playoff run and surprises a lot of people when they look at them next year and go, oh, yeah. Yeah, and honestly, uh, that Nuggets team, being compared to the Pistons team, I do like that. That's a comparison that I don't think anybody else, like, off the top of their head is just going to think, oh, yeah, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, 2020 Nuggets, uh, 04 Pistons. (laughs) Yeah, they're all the same, Uh, you know, mainly because they have an all-star on this team. And, uh, man, the the Nuggets, they just don't have the the Pistons, you know, grittiness. But from coaching and just placement of players – they just get the job done. Because, I mean, Jokic is not your athletic freak or defensive-minded center. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamal Murray is, you know, I mean, as crazy as offensively, he's, he's kind of a liability defensively. Uh, I mean, Gary Harris and Will Barton, those are two athletic long wings. They added Jeremy Grant for the athleticism because that's something they were lacking. <laughs> not that Jeremy Grant's like a shooter, but, you know, we, we, again, that's one of those guys we saw in person. He's explosive. If they had a team dunk contest, I think Denver wins. <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You get uh, you get Lonzo tossing anything to Zion. <laughs> Just let him go against almost anybody during a team dunk contest. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, man. I mean, Denver. It's it's kind of like what the Pistons were that we talked about, or like that you mentioned was they didn't have, they don't have like an all star. Yeah. They have a bunch of really good players. They have a bunch of like you know you know Jamal Murray's name, but he doesn't pop up in your top five point guards. Oh no. People people you know talk about great centers and nobody mentions Jokic, but as soon as someone does, you're like, oh yeah, he's actually better than all these guys that we talked about. <laughs> like he does everything better than most of these guys that we talked about. So I just, you know, I think it might be one of those just – and if if the Spurs had not been so dominant, it's another like they, – they're kind of built like the Spurs are. you got a bunch of quiet guys who just kind of do their job. Yeah. They're going to show up – they're going to show up in big games. They're going to lose some games they probably shouldn't lose, but they're going to win most of the games they should win. Like they beat good teams. They lose to bad teams, but they beat good teams. So, so you know we can't talk about Denver without bringing up two of my boys – you know, we got Bull Bull, who's <laughs> coming off of injury and, you know, getting a little bit of D-League time uh, before the season shut down. And then my absolute favorite, Michael Porter Jr. Been who, hearing about this man for the last three and a half years. <laughs> to me, that is that is the reincarnation. That's that's the next um, Kevin Durant. And, you know, that's... If he's healthy. If he's healthy. Gosh, man, if that man doesn't mess up his back... And he showed some flashes this year. Yeah. He had a couple games where he was he like he took over a game. Yeah. But if he can put it all together, I I can definitely see it now. This is because I've listened to you for the last three years. Tell me this <laughs> and show me this on different highlights. I have to see it on the NBA court. Yeah. I have to see it consistent on an NBA court. But yeah, I can definitely see it. 
And I just remember the game we went to, you know, going into the fourth quarter, I think he had maybe six, seven points, something like that. And I'm just sitting there like, like, oh, my gosh, like, I know you can hit this shot. Mm -hmm. Like, why are you missing these open shots? Like, come on, give him more playing time. And, like, up there complaining. And then, you know, fourth quarter rolls around, garbage time rolls around, and all of a sudden it's his offense. There's no Jamal Murray. Uh, there's no Jokic on the court. It's just the second uh, second stringers, and they said, hey, go get us a bucket. Right. And in the fourth quarter, you just saw that man do exactly what I've been preaching. He ended up, what, 14 or 16 points <laughs> in the game? Something <laughs> like, like that. 15 or 16 points. And it's one of those things where it's like you're happy as, as a fan because you love to see it, but at mm. the same time, it's really just bragging rights. It's yeah. just, see, I told you. I right. told you this man could do this. Yeah, so that was like, um, speaking of, you know, they lose to teams they shouldn't have. They got waxed by New Orleans in that game, and that was without Zion. That was with, like, a very green Jackson Hayes, who, by the way, he and Zion sharing a floor together whenever they're both got a couple years under their belts, good luck. Blake and DeAndre? (laughs) Yeah, right. Good luck stopping that. And, you know, we, we, we were talking about Jackson Hayes doesn't look seven feet tall. He doesn't. He does not look seven feet tall. And then you see him jump, and you're like, well, he doesn't jump like a seven-footer, but then you go see him standing next to, like, Jokic, and they're almost the same height, and you're like, oh, he is a legitimate seven-footer. He looks six foot five, but he's he's seven feet and doing this kind of thing. Yeah, he put up some of the best posters this year. True. Man, that that uh, that um, put-back dunk that he had, that J.J. Redick reacted to that went viral a couple months ago, that was filth. <laughs> JJ had that, you know, I just dropped the cookie jar and mom's going to be pissed look on his face. Just right. pure, just terrified shock. Just, did I just witness that? Right. Yeah, Jackson should have been in the dunk contest. I don't care what anybody says. He should have yeah. been in the dunk contest and definitely in the Rising Stars game. Mm-hmm. He got he got absolutely gypped out of that. He's got next year, though. Yep. He's got next year. He's got a lot of years. That kid, <laughs> that kid's got a lot of years. He's, he's green. He reminds me kind of Jared Allen a little bit, yeah. but more athletic. He's yeah. more athletic, and he has a he has a higher offensive ceiling, in my opinion. Yeah, I think Jared Allen's pretty much hit his offensive ceiling, and Jackson Hayes, if he can develop a mid range shot, he's never going to be a three point shooter, in my opinion. But if he can develop a little mid range jumper that he can hit on a semi consistent basis, you're looking at a guy like Kevin Garnett. Yeah, and I mean he's Similar got the form already. There, there's not much to be worked on. It's just he needs to expand that range because right. he got that touch, Jared Allen. You know, very similar players, but Jared Allen's got basically the Shaq uh, yeah. package where it's just all one hand baby hooks, mm-hmm. uh, right or left, you know, and dunk getting, on somebody. It's getting thrown off the back iron. <laughs> There's no touch at all. He's throwing it in. He's throwing it in like Blake trying to throw in a, a dunk from six feet away. <laughs> just pretend Perkins is underneath. Right. You got this, I promise. Right. And that's, uh, you know, and not that, not that I think Jackson Hayes is going to reach Kevin Garnett level. But I see the the similar skill set. Yeah, and that's of, a guy who just started basketball. Yeah, like just what? Just started basketball. Three years ago? Something like that? Ridiculous. Yep, yeah, one of those, like, Hakeem Olajuwon stories. Hey, you're seven feet tall. Oh, you can jump? Hey, catch this basketball and put it in that orange hoop over there. Yeah. Take take this ball, put it through that white net. Just run. <laughs> run, go do this. Okay, I can do that. And you saw what he did at Texas, you know. Yeah. Went from a literally an unknown, and then just out of nowhere, they're like, wow, that... That Jackson well, Hayes guys, because he had Jared Allen in front of him, he had you know that's that they are cut from the same cloth. They played the same role at, at Texas Facts. at their time, but Jackson had a little bit bigger you know offensive offensive role. So uh, it's definitely interesting. So are are we in agreement at least or agreement at least that you'll that we would see Lakers Clippers? 
I think, in the Western Conference Finals? I think if anybody were to give either one of those teams any sort of pushback, it would be Denver. But in a seven-game series – the I, talent just kind of overtakes. It, it's too much to overcome. True. <laughs> it, it really is. Toronto, so we talked about Toronto's kind of lack of star power. Toronto and Denver are almost the same team, but from two different yeah, two different sides. They're, they're very similar. They have one big man who can do a lot of things, and they have a bunch of players around them. Yeah. They, they are very similar teams. But I think that talent just overtakes teamwork after a while. You need that extra guy, especially in today's NBA where they have stacked on, like guys just stacked trying to win titles. Yep. So... Um, I think Denver might push, but I don't think Denver makes it past six with either one of those teams. Mm. I think probably, I honestly think five games is what they would last, but I can see them winning two at home. Yikes. Hey, man. I mean, honestly, after, you know, in a six, five, six-game series, who's going to stop LeBron and AD? And then Danny Green running, and then Alex Caruso, who decided he, he knew how to play basketball really well last <laughs> this past season. You know what I mean? Like, who's going to stop that much? Or... You're going to focus on Kawhi and leave Paul George open or vice versa, and then you leave Lou Williams open to shoot, and you leave Montrez down there ready to, you know, ready to dunk on anybody. Like, you know what I mean? After a while, you, you start seeing the weaknesses in the team, and you start seeing the cracks in the foundation. I think if anybody in the league could stop, uh, you know, either of those teams, I think it's a one-man show, and I think it's Rudy Gobert. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, well, he stopped an entire league, so I don't see what yep. what one little team was going to do for him. If he can stop 300 players at once, I think he can calm down <laughs> LeBron a little bit. Yeah, true. Uh, so so we have a difference of opinions on Clippers-Lakers. I think no matter what, that series goes seven. I think okay. just the talent and the you're both in Los Angeles, and let's be honest, the NBA is going to milk that for as much money as possible. A call here or there pushes it a game one way or the other. Let's not act like professional sports are above something like that. Yeah. So you're going to milk as much money. Staples Center is going to skyrocket in, in money. They're just going to be hand over fist between the Bus family and um, uh, what's his name over the other, the Clippers owner. I would oh, say Donald Palmer. Sterling, but I know that's not right. <laughs> oh, he's he's not there anymore. Uh, uh, what's his face? Balmer. Yes, Steve Balmer. I mean, they're gonna be they're gonna be laughing in their golden pool together watching the games. <laughs> I mean, the the only person comes close to that kind of money is Mark Cuban. After after all that's said and done, so uh, I mean, so you have that's gonna be a seven game series. I just I really do think that the Clippers are just deeper than the Lakers are, and that yeah. that works in their favor in a game seven when lebron is starting to kind of tire down a little bit ad's kind of tired because ad doesn't have a whole lot of playoff like deep playoff experience he hasn't played this far into the year into the season before you have guys you know like that that caruso doesn't have the playoff experience where you have guys Kawhi's won two titles paul george i mean paul george has had great series against lebron when lebron was you know younger so he, he has an idea of what to do with lebron in the playoffs people forget that paul george was on that indiana team that pushed that Heat team, it, it was six games, but they pushed that heat, heat team all six games. And then he baptized Birdman. Yeah, it was beautiful. God. That was the one year Danny Granger was great, was good. <laughs> Yikes! But uh, so I I personally think the Clippers win that, and I see Clippers Bucks Bucks and I don't know. Yes, they win. I don't know. I don't care how many games Bucks win that I, series. I, I think I go. I think I go back and forth with it because it's LeBron. Mm-hmm. I think because it's LeBron, and if he can take. 
Virgil, Smush Parker, and um, what was the other point? Mo guard? Williams. <laughs> Mo Williams <laughs> and Delonte West. If he can bring them to the finals, I mean, I well, just. Well, hey, you got to bring your dad everywhere you go. Oh. <laughs> That's a Delonte West joke for those who didn't catch that. That's a that's a completely that's a completely different uh, <laughs> that's a whole different podcast. podcast. <laughs> we'll talk about that on Talk is Cheap. Yeah, but uh, man, that's that's just what I go back and forth with is you know LeBron being LeBron. I just uh, I can't see him and AD losing. But with the Clippers adding Reggie Jackson, you know the one you know as if that team <laughs> needed to be okay, as bud. if they needed to be deeper. Uh, Reggie Jackson is, you know, as bad as he can be. He's got kind of that uh, JR mentality where, you know, if I hit one shot, I'm the greatest shooter of all time. If the Lakers add JR for a playoff push, I'd change it to the Lakers. Honestly. I'm serious. (laughs) That man is that good, in my opinion. (laughs) Yeah, he still doesn't have a job, but I think, you know. Well, if anybody's going to give him the job, it's the guy who took his job away. Mm. Before he Mm. left town, nobody can tell me different. (laughs) Biggest blunder of all time. Hey, man, that's whatever. We're throwing shade here at the end. Or I'm throwing shade here at the end. That's fine. I'll do that. No, no, no. If, if, if we're going to th- throw shade, I have a real question for all you. All right, go ahead. Real, real man-to-man, fan-to-fan here. I'm not going to like this question, but all right, let's go. So when it comes to biggest blunders of all time, Oof. are we going JR in the finals, thinking they were up by a point, <laughs> or are we going uh, the no-call Against Ruby. Okay, all right. There's no need for this. I mean, obviously the no call is so much worse um, because I am a Saints fan and not a LeBron fan. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, you know, both of those both of those situations caused that team to miss out on a title. Yep. I, I stage. I sincerely believe that the Saints go and beat New England. The Saints were just on that tear that that season. The only thing that stopped the Saints was the, was the Saints at the end. <laughs> Like they they did not execute at the end of that game. I can go. That can be a four hour podcast about that one game. That one I can play. talk. Yeah, <laughs> like I can talk for hours on that. But you know the the Saints kind of they, they messed themselves up. But the the Cavs kind of did the same thing. They had a little bit of control, and then LeBron knows Jr. You know we're talking about the Hennessy King, the guy that has been known to play. You know, not drunk, but let's say you know he was still coming off a nice little hangover. Let's say he wasn't all there. We are talking about the most iconic picture in NBA history of uh, of him and AI in the Nuggets with the uh, jerseys <laughs> down to their knees playing pool at halftime. We're talking about the guy with that kind of a mindset, you know. LeBron knows you got to make sure everybody's on the same page. So, yeah, Jr. definitely messed up. I think the no calls worse. That's my fandom talking. That's a whole other podcast. We can sit here for two hours if you have two hours, and we'll talk about that. But just just had to clear that one up for own personal reasons here. Yeah. Okay. Well, you won't be invited back. It's all good. All right. Well, uh, it's it's been fun, guys. <laughs> uh, so so you you go Lakers, Lakers Bucks. You got uh, if if we're going Lakers Bucks, I think mm, once again it's it's LeBron and AD. You're looking at two of the three best players in the league. For sure, two of the top five, but for a lot of people, two of the three best players in the league on the same team. My name's James Harden, and I can dribble a lot. I'm the best player. <laughs> I average 40 <laughs> shots and 30 points a game. Uh, I am MVP. He, he is Westbrook, but nobody wants to mention it. Uh, we, once again, that's a, that's a whole <laughs> other podcast. <laughs> but, yeah, I think uh, Lakers-Bucks, I think Lakers come out in, 
I want to say five, but five. Can I really? get? Can I get five and a half? Well, well you it know. comes. It comes down to matchups. I think. I think Lakers Bucks. I think five, maybe five games, probably six games, more likely. But I think Clippers Bucks. I think that's at least six, probably seven games with Clippers coming out on top. So you don't. You you think the Bucks? You think Giannis falls short? Either yes. way, two best teams in the league or in the West. Statistically, the Bucks are still the best team, but let's let's all be honest here. Let's be honest. All right. Well, so I have I have the Bucks winning this year if they if everybody comes back, season goes goes through. I have the Bucks winning. That I think they beat either Los Angeles team and either six or seven. I think Giannis is just that hungry this year with Giannis being the MVP. Yes, with Giannis being MVP, uh, rookie of the year. I give it to Zion. Job was great. Zion has proven that like since he's been back, no one's touched him as a rookie. No, the rookie has been on that same level that Zion's been on. Historically uh, speaking, too, like not just this year. Like right. historically speaking, he was what the first player to ever have ten straight games of uh, twenty points or more in and like sixty percent and like sixty percent shooting from the field or something goofy like that. Yeah. Um, defensive player of the year. I mean, you got to go probably Pat, Pat or Marcus. Mm, I I know Twitter has the meme about you know Gobert shutting down the league. I hate Rudy Gobert, but I like, I don't want to see him win another. I hate centers who win rookie who win player of the year or defensive player of the year because they average two and a half blocks a game. You have guys like Pat Bev and Marcus Smart and. Kawhi and Paul George, who who guard five positions, and literally have, take players out of the game. You have Hassan Whiteside and Rudy Gobert, who's sitting a, who's sitting a lane and jump high, <laughs> and it helps they have a seven ten wingspan. Like you know what I mean? Like they, yeah. of course, of course, it's going to be difficult to, to uh, score against those guys, but they're not. They're guarding a lane. They're not guarding players. So I, I would love to see the NBA start getting away from that trend of let's give it to the guy who averages the most blocks in a season. Yeah. So uh, I know a lot of people have Giannis up there mm-hmm. in defensive player of the year. Uh, not a bad choice, still. Okay, okay. Just make, a bad choice. <laughs> I wouldn't. I the NBA kind of kind of does shy away from if you win one award, you're really not going to win another one. Mm-hmm. So if if you give him MVP, you don't give him defensive player of the year. <laughs> if you give LeBron D- MVP, you give Giannis defensive player of the year. Yeah. You got to you got to put him on the podium somewhere. Yeah. It's what's right for the it's NBA. Like we we have to reward you. We can't just do like <laughs> college football where, you know, if you're the Heisman, you're also going to win the Walker award right. and the, you know, the Camp award and I don't think Joe Burrow had enough room in his car to bring <laughs> to to bring the trophies that he won back home with him. Man had to borrow the LSU team bus <laughs> right. just to bring his trophies back. So, um but I can see I, – I would like to see somebody like Marcus or Pat Bev or Paul George or Kawhi or Giannis that guard multiple positions, yeah. multiple positions on a consistent basis get that award. Yeah. I, I think me personally, I go Giannis mm-hmm. for um, – not, not for the reasons we spoke about, about LeBron winning one, so mm-hmm. Giannis has to win the other. I think LeBron should win MVP because that's my opinion, but I think Giannis – does deserve uh, defensive player of the year, regardless mm-hmm. if he is MVP or not. Also, Siakam. Let's not forget Siakam. He's mm-hmm. he's up there. Yeah, I, I just think Giannis had that playoff LeBron mindset of, okay, I'm tired of just being the best offensive player. I'm gonna go do everything for my team. Right. And he, I mean, you saw it this year. Fool looks like a center defensively, but then he's also, you know, I want to say he's leading the team in uh, steals. I don't want to throw that out there and have it be wrong. But uh, I mean, everybody on that team is really good defensively, so who knows? <laughs> Except Bledsoe, we won't we won't talk about Scary Terry with the nastiest crossover game winner, Drew Bledsoe. Mm. <laughs> mm. 
<laughs> the meme lives on. Yeah, always, <laughs> always and forever. But yeah, I think I think Giannis wins that. Uh, so what about most improved player? Because I, I I'm like you. I want to give it to Siakam again, but I mean, <laughs> I, he took another. He took that next step up again that nobody thought he was gonna. You know, people are like, oh yeah, he's at that level, but then he took another level up. It's it's like a couple years ago when Curry won the MVP, and then the next year he's averaging literally seven points more than he was the year mm-hmm. before, and you're like. Well, well, damn, dude. <laughs> right. Does he win most improving player and unanimous MVP? Right. But I... <sighs> Can you give it to somebody like Tatum? Because Tatum took a step up this year. Tatum, you know, he had that... He had a really good rookie... He had a good He had a good rookie year. He had a great playoff rookie run. Yeah, that showed a lot of promise. Then f- kind of took a step back with all the, all the garbage that was going on with the team. Thank you, Kyrie. And then this year has stepped into that... I don't care what... Not Max, who was it? Nick Wright says that he's not a superstar. I don't care what Nick Wright says. That man's a superstar in this yeah. league. And I, I think I think that narrative would be what keeps him from winning it, honestly, since you know everything's based off of writers and their narratives. But I think that narrative of him not performing his second year, um, I feel like that's they look at it more as like, oh, well, now he's doing what he should be doing. Well, like I mean, he should have been doing this last year. He, he, you know, it shouldn't have taken him an extra year. Mm-hmm you know, a vacation to be able to do it. But I mean, I, I, I would see not that. call playing for that team last year a vacation. God, it's, that's like going on vacation right now. Right. Yeah. It's, you're going to go sit at a hotel room. It's about all you're doing. You're not, you're not, you know, you're quote unquote having fun, but you're not really doing anything. Hey, I'm in Hawaii. My hotel room is great. Right. I can see the ocean from here. <laughs> I'm improving as a player, <laughs> but Kyrie's taking all the touches. Like, whoops. And Gordon, we can't keep Gordon out of it. Yeah, right Gordon now. was kind of part Lo- of the problem last year. <laughs> Love him to death, but Gordon, Gordon did kind of help out that cause. Brad Stevens was trying to feed his golden boy. That really was what it was last year. Brad Stevens feeding the golden boy. Yep. Anyway, not to get too far off topic here. Yep. So Love our Celtics. We have our we have our picks in for everything. Have our picks in for the finals. If y'all have any, uh, if y'all have any, you know. Anything else, let us know. Hit me up on Twitter. Uh, that would be at Mr. Davis, please, on Twitter. Hit me up, or you can hit up Cheap Seats on Twitter. That is at the nosebleeds with underscores in between each word. We're working on getting at the Cheap Seats, make it a little bit easier to find us on there. Uh, hit me up on Facebook. Hit me up on Instagram. Y'all let me know what you think. Let me know who you think is going to win. If the NBA should come back, if they should just go ahead and, you know, just pack it up this year, go back next year. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, we're going to have Jalen on again uh, here pretty soon, probably the next podcast. We'll be doing some uh, some this or that. It was supposed to be this one, but, you know, we kind of got lost in lost in talking. So uh, we'll be doing some this or that where we get Jalen's ideas and who he would take player-wise for the next five years. So I'm kind of looking forward to that, seeing, seeing what you come up with. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Talk to you all later.